Welcome back. Okay. To Origins. And Adaptations. I'm Andrew. I'm still Cody. Still to this day. Mr. Cody Wilson. Cody Neal. Oh. Cody Neal Wilson. He's, he's, he's grown Now you guys so... can Facebook stalk me. That's my name on Facebook. And, uh, mine's... Follow me. Follow me. <laughs> please. 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 We need the attention. Outside of just, well, outside of just the podcast, we'd like people to follow our personal profiles. I don't probably know. already do. That's probably how, yeah. yeah that's I probably mean, how they got the invitation. Yeah. So I like don't the, know why I went like down the this People path. listening to this are people who are getting it from our Facebook profile. Someone listening to this right now is going to look at their screen and go, what? Cody, what, what are you doing? How do you think I got yeah. a hold of this? Only because you freaking forced it upon me. Crawled into my nostrils trying to convince me to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, figuratively speaking. And literally. Yeah. Open those nostrils up. Okay. deep inside of them. There'll be no more jokes about nostrils. Okay. Uh, well, we have an awesome episode today. Uh, and I am just going to say, yeah. All the time. Just everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Hold on, yeah. can you pull the list a little closer? The list closer? is right there. I, my vision is not 2020. <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't feel like it. Oh, no. I think I still am, though. Oh, no. Like you're 20 years old? No. 2020, are you 40? So, we got some corrections. Yes, that's how we're going to start off the episode. We're we got some off news. the episode with corrections. We got some news. Always. We got two awesome topics that we're going to be talking about. Not just one. Two. It's uh, a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And then favorite recent reads, never have I ever, and you know, cool stuff. All the, all the awesome jazz you'd want from an origins and adaptations episode. You longtime fanboys, if we can call them that. So far, only the only people who have told me the regular listeners are boys. So. Oh, I thought I didn't mean I didn't mean gender wise. I meant like if you can call our listeners fanboys. I would say so when they there's at least a couple. There's like two. Yes. That, that I, I that have personally talked to me about it. If there are no, more, too, yeah. if there are more of you guys out there that haven't told us anything, awesome. You we we support you in your life, and we appreciate and we you appreciate for supporting you. us. Yes. Uh, and please let us know if you do, so we can add you to to the list. Of people we know who actually actively listen to our podcast. And actively tell us how much we rule. And how much we don't rule when we don't post a podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always appreciated. You guys suck. Yeah. Why? Because you didn't do one yeah, this week. Yeah, you didn't, well, you didn't do your, your so Andrew, volunteer job. You yeah. kick us off with the corrections, mate. Just kicked. Kapow! Uh, corrections, episode 39 was the last episode, not 38. I made that mistake so many times. So this is actually okay. episode 40. Um, which we were planning on this one to be episode 40, so it just works out. Uh, but yeah, last episode was 39, 38. There's a mishap in my archiving system, and for some reason, the episode 38 wasn't numbered 38. It was just the title of the podcast. Oh... So. So I didn't see... Rookie well, mistake. Yes, Just kidding. The last one I saw was uh, episode, the episode 7 one. 37, not 7. Mm. Uh, then I made the mistake of assuming that Cody 
was the one with the lock and key trades at our house and had been reading them. It's not. It's not. It's actually my brother Ben. Uh, he is the one who has them. He's read them. Uh, he really likes it. And, yeah. So, I will be asking his opinions what he thinks with the Lock and Key TV show coming out. And I will actually probably read those then because, you know, why not? How many trades are there in full right now? Uh, he has three. Maybe four. That might be another corrections. No, because I don't know. I'm not assuming. You're just guessing. Yeah. So I'm. I know he has at least three. So, yeah. Those are just the corrections. If we have any mistakes that we make, uh, we're always appreciative. If you we're guys, we're always gonna make mistakes. We're paid mistakes. Make some mistakes. Made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> then he had his lights put out. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. He's so weird. Uh, I love the face he makes too. He's like, <sighs> made mistakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if we ever make those, just let us know. We'll definitely add them in, just allowing everyone else to realize the corrections. Uh, so, now the corrections are done. Uh, news. news. Episode 9. Episode of 9 Star Wars. of Star Wars. It's coming out May 24th. Not in December 2019, because 2018 is the year of Han Solo, which I, you know, I wasn't as anti-Han Solo movie as some people, but I am getting progressively less enthused. It's just, the more I think about it, because it's, it's like, not, it's not like we I'm don't anti, re- right, we don't really need it though. Yeah, I'm not anti. It's not going to make Han Solo a better character. I am... It's just, it's, it's like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's coming out in June. Right. I think. Maybe July. Well, it's coming out this summer. This summer. And it's not like, I'm hyped, I want to go see this movie. It's like, I'm going to go see the movie. Right. Uh, you know, I have an interest in seeing the movie. But, at this point, like, it's not on my priority list of things to be excited for in 2017, 2018. It's another good movie to, or another good characters movie to go see. Yeah, but I'm not. And it'll probably add enthralled. It'll add to the, the lore, of these this movie universe. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little disappointed in the way it kicked off to begin with. They're gonna add a lot of different stuff. So hopefully, this one takes it, in a way that gives it more dimension and, and a better shape. Yeah. So. Just, I'm um, but so the whole purpose of that date change as we suspect is because the originals were all released in May yeah and uh, episode 3 I believe was May 20 28th was the release date uh, back in 1982 83 83 uh, 1983 and uh, I think all of the prequels were were released in May as well. So it's kind that of just like about a, right. I don't know that for sure though. It's like an homage to just when all of these movies were coming out instead of December, which originally the release date wasn't December for uh Rogue One. It was July. Oh yeah. Um and then it got pushed back to December cuz they had to do some edits and reshoots. Hmm. But yeah. Uh then DC Web Service to offer 
there's going to be a DC web service, kind of like Amazon Prime, Netflix. Mm-hmm. There is Marvel already kind of has one. It's called Marvel Unlimited, where you can go back and read a bunch of Marvel comics. Like mm-hmm. they've made them digital, uh, past comics that you've never read before. You can find them. Yeah. Um, I know uh, our good friend James. James he's been reading a lot. Of uh, has it, and he's. Did been... you turn him on to that? Or did... uh, I told him to go read the old Deadpool, Deadpool comics, and he told me how much he likes those more. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that is what spurred him to, uh, to get Marvel Unlimited, just mm. because he's curious. he was trying to. Because Deadpool's his favorite character, so. Uh, yeah. So web service. Uh, the difference is it's not just going to be comics, but it's also going to be TV shows. Uh, and That's kind of neat. Which is, which is neat. Um, some people are hoping that they then offer their current TV shows on their public TV. Yeah. Um, so there are, people are saying, like, take the CW shows and, like, Gotham and... Uh, there's, like, one more that I can't think of. Um, and put that on this service as well whereas you keep it on cw keep it on fox but then you, you can find the episodes on this t on this service mm-hmm. uh the shows that they announced that they are working on specifically just for this web service is the live action titans which that sounds really exciting i mean i have no idea how that's gonna look yeah so i think i think it's going off of the titans comic right now okay so they're older because I think it's Dick Grayson as Nightwing, not as Robin. Okay. Um, which I mean, Teen Titans, he was Nightwing on the Teen Titans for a bit. I don't. Uh, he actually led the Titans as Nightwing. I don't really care which era they started in, but I just hope that they do it right. Yeah. Do it well. Uh, and then the third season of Young Justice, which I thought was going to come to Netflix. Uh, that is what it's going on. That's it's going called, on DC database. Yeah, uh, web service. Web service. With, there's no. They haven't offered a name for it yet. DC database. I like that. Uh, yeah. Or DC Oracle. <laughs> yeah. I, that just. That is like. Oh, <clears throat> it's got alliteration. Yeah. Uh, and then so it's called Young Justice Outsiders, which the second season was called Young Justice Invasion, which we do need to finish season two of Young Justice. Oh yeah. Do we know? Oh, you're right. We, didn't we have like two it. episodes left, which is where I left off when I stopped, <laughs> when they canceled the show. Wow. So I'm back to this, this well, moment. I didn't realize, or not realize, I guess I just, I just forgot that yeah, we did there's finish. a lot. We've, life has, life has gotten busy. Uh, then there is NBC. Uh, there was a show called Powerless. I did not watch a single episode of the show because I didn't know it was out. Uh, Powerless is a DC uh, non-powered people TV show. And it was, uh, I think it was like an insurance company or maybe the lawyers mm-hmm. of superheroes. Mm-hmm. So, and it had Alan Tudyk in it. It had, uh, uh, what's his name from? Ovid from Community. It had him in it. So I guess I was hoping for it to do well. People, I've talked to people who have watched it, and they said it wasn't really great. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of just basic, and it seems like NBC, they did a hiatus of it, which apparently some stuff is happening that was just going to happen anyways, but there's uh, good, solid information that's just going to drop. 
<clears throat> after it comes back. Like it's going to finish off the first season and then it's going to it's going to be canceled uh, because it's not doing well. <clears throat> um, then the Kingsman two trailer came out, which looked pretty good. Yeah, I like the first one. So second one, I'm excited for. I'll have to see it. I haven't watched it yet. Have you seen the first one? No, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen Kingsman. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you see the first Kingsman? I have caught moments of it because I've been at multiple friends' houses while they were watching it. I've okay. seen bits of it, but I've not watched the movie now. I would suggest you do. It's actually really good. Is it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like if James Bond was in a comic book universe. Yeah, that's what you were telling me, I think. Yeah. It's it's really Did well that come done. out like two years ago or a year and a half ago? Um, three years ago, maybe? Okay. I think Lance was still here when it came out. Lance still lives Sounds in the house. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, so, the trailer was cool. Jeff Bridges and Channing Tatum are some of the new ones. I think Halle Berry, which is weird. Uh, but... It's should be interesting, and Channing Tatum and Jeff Bridges are like the uh, they're like the American Kingsmen, mm. and they are uh, they're like cowboys, like mm. the American versions are like cowboys, <laughs> whereas the English king the Kingsmen were like posh Englishmen mm. with their fancy suits and their well mannered. Um, the little circular, circular hats. Did they yes, wear those? They did have the hats. little British hats. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Man, I saw their name, and I, I want to say it's Scotsman. No, it had nothing. It had something to do with apparently like all their all their code names in the American one is like hard liquor, so mm. like Scotch. And stuff like that. Um, and like Jack Daniels. Mm. And so that's all based on that. Like all their names. And so I forget what the name was. But it was pretty cool. I'm excited for it. Uh, just because. It's just going to be another fun. Action. I have to watch the first one first. Yeah. Uh, then a new Tick. Uh, so the Tick which started out as a comic book. Then was a cartoon. Which was a really good cartoon. Then there was a live-action tick with uh, Patrick Warburton as the tick. Uh, I've never was, watched it. I'm, I think maybe two seasons, maybe just one. But it didn't do well as well as the cartoon did. Uh, and then the tick kind of just fell off the face of the earth. And just recently they dropped a pilot for a brand new show on Amazon. And so everyone was trying to figure out, well, if you drop the pilot, when's the actual show coming out? And it's been announced to be in August. So if you want to check it out, I would recommend it. I saw the first episode. Really well done. I love the actor they got to play the Tick. Um, I love the actor they got to play Arthur. It just looks to be fun and just like the campy superhero mm -hmm. stuff and just super dark but like still with that campy superhero-ness hmm. uh and i love the cartoon as a kid yeah and uh so go to amazon 
if you have Amazon Prime, you can get you can view the view the TV show there through Amazon Prime, or you could probably rent it through it as well. But it's probably cheaper in the long run to go Amazon Prime. Mm. Um, then Unbreakable sequel set for 2019. Uh, which uh, did you ever watch Unbreakable? Mm-mm. Really? Mm-hmm. I need to show you that movie. Then do it. Yeah, I will. It's a uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie. Unbreakable. No. Has Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman? No, Samuel Jackson. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis. Uh, I don't want to say too much to them because you haven't seen it, but uh, it's kind of like a comic book universe. Uh, and there was another recent uh, introduction to this universe that came out recently, mm-hmm. which I don't want to say the name of, but people who do too much research will, into what I'm saying, will have something spoiled. So hopefully they don't do research on what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited for it. Um, it's going to be called Glass. Uh, and it's going to be coming out in 2019. Uh, then the Defenders trailer came out, which you did not watch, right? Did you? Mm, I did not. Okay. Which I am excited for, as much as I wasn't excited for Iron Fist. I've caught quite a few trailers recently, but not. that's just funny. Those two in a row that yeah. I didn't see. Uh, as much as... I'm still trying to force myself to watch Iron Fist. Uh, are you still Are you still not finished with it? Episode five. Okay. Uh, as much as I am, this trailer looked really promising, and I'm very excited. Uh, there is actually a scene where it has Danny Rand jumping off a wall and just like punching a dude in the face. I was like. I didn't see that once in the Iron Fist TV show, mm. and that's why I wanted the whole time. Mm. Um, then you, there's like a moment where it shows Iron Fist and Luke Cage like bantering and fighting with each other, which is really cool because it's like these moments where they're going to become heroes for hire, they're going to become best friends. Mm-hmm. The only weird thing is Luke Cage is still with Claire. And it's like, but he's supposed to be married to Jessica Jones. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully that happens by the end of it. I've been... I hear that Iron Fist will be the Iron Fist by the end. So it's just kind of annoying that we're going to have to take so long. Uh, also, how much I, I, well, Daredevil looked more like Iron Fist than Iron Fist did. What do you mean? Because his costume. Oh. Daredevil's original costume was very much... Our Daredevil's co- original costume in the TV show mm-hmm. was exact like exactly like Danny Rand's. Iron oh Fist. yeah, with the uh, with with the the tie on mask. Yeah, the only thing he was missing was the jumpsuit with the V neck. Hmm. Um. While we're talking about that set of you know characters and like that part of Marvel, mm-hmm. um, have I talked much about what I thought? What I've been thinking about Jessica Jones now that I'm going back and watching it. You talked about the first year, first impression on the first two episodes. Oh, okay, yeah. So now I've I'm six episodes deep. Okay. And I'm getting a little lost. I mean, not not lost story wise, but I'm getting a little. That's the wrong word. I'm getting a little bored. 
Yeah. Um, a friend of mine texted me, and he said, uh, well, he texted me when he was just as far in as I was at the time, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, I don't understand why everyone raves about this show. He says, I've, he's like, I'm six episodes deep, and I've been bored the entire time. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you're disliking it more than I am. I thought yeah. it was, I actually thought it was good the first four episodes, and then the fifth one uh, was kind of whatever, and then I, then the sixth one, I was just like, what? Like, I don't know, I just... So what... I'm probably gonna keep going. Spoilers for those who have not seen it, but it's been over a year, so too bad. Uh, what has happened so far? What's happened? Yeah. Like, what's the... On the sixth episode? Right now, so... happened? Right now... The last thing I remember seeing... So I... I should clarify, I stopped at the beginning of the sixth episode. Okay, so you've seen five episodes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What happened in episode five? At the very, very tail end, Kilgrave is on the phone with, with Jessica, uh-huh. and he's, like, trying to entice her to keep talking with him. I'm trying to remember what exactly is going on, but they had... Let's see. Jessica and Trish, and then... Uh, the cop mm-hmm. had got together and they're you know trying to figure out like how they're gonna trap him and stuff. Okay, so that's that's that whole thing. And then they finally they they did knock him out. Okay, yeah. That's so you've got. gotten to the first capture scene. Yes. Okay. This is the, I mean, I figured this wasn't gonna be the only time this happens. Like they're gonna try and get ki- they're gonna try and get Kilgrave multiple times in this. Yes, I saw this coming. Yeah. Did you think it was too early in the season to try and do that? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and I think you're right, but I was like, they kind of made the plot, you know, only about that. What else were they going to do? That's my problem with it. Yeah. That's why I loved the first season of Daredevil. Because it just keeps building, yeah. and there isn't just one guy. Yeah, we don't see Kingpin till episode four. Mm-hmm. And then... That whole episode is just designed around Kingpin, mm-hmm. and he does all his stuff, mm-hmm. and then, and then Daredevil still has to take care of the Russians, and then he has to take care of the Japanese, and then he has to take care of the Chinese, and then he finally faces off with Kingpin. Mm-hmm. So that's my thing is like he had these mini bosses, he had these sort of levels, like if you were doing a video game, that that's he exactly to, how I look at that. He had to go that. through. Uh, it's like an NES video game. Yeah, and whereas with Jessica Jones, it's like first episode right off the bat, they're like, "Oh, this is the bad guy." Yeah, and it's like, okay, so it's just going to be her fighting this bad guy for thirteen episodes, thirteen hour long episodes. Yeah. There was some poll that I liked, and I thought that the junkie that Kilgrave was um, using, using and kind Malcolm. of abusing. Yeah, I, I thought there was some poll there. Like there was that one scene where. She says, hey, take care of yourself. And, like, it actually was, like, a genuinely well-delivered, heartfelt line. I mm-hmm. liked it. There's a, there's, a, there's some moments that I like a lot. Just unnecessary sex, though, too. There's, like... there's like Oh, you've gotten to those. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the ones with Luke and Jessica, but I'm also referring to the one with Trish and the cop. Yeah. I can never remember his name. Um, it's, it's Samson. Okay. Something Samson. Um... No, there's like, he's he's nuke. Okay, there's a scene. I mean that I might have just ruined it for you, but I don't 
No, the character is from Jessica Jones well enough to be spoiled, I don't think. Uh, so he's not from Jessica Jones. That that was, he's the one character that a lot of people are like, what, what, why? Uh, because in the comics, he's kind of like a, he's like an, a psychotic Captain America huh. in the comics. And he takes these, like, I don't want to say too much just because it'll spoil stuff. But he like has an American flag tattooed on his face. Mm-hmm. He looks this—he looks stupid in the comics. Um, but he's like this super patriotic, like extreme radical patriot, mm-hmm. where he'll do anything uh, a commander will tell him. So like he just goes around and just murders a bunch of like he'll go to other countries and just murder people mm-hmm. just for the fun of it, uh, for America. Mm-hmm. So, whoa, yeah, whoa. Whoa. But, uh, so, yeah, there's a scene with, with Trish and that guy, and it's quick, but it's like, why did you throw that? It, I mean, it, when you see what they're doing in the scene, as quick mm-hmm. as it is, it's still kind of obnoxious how they just throw it in there, and it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being. Did you get to the episode curious. where she fights people with Luke? Yes. That's. They fought people a couple times. Okay. In the first five episodes. Uh, I think it was that scene where I was like, she can't, like, it's very obvious the people she's throwing her on wires. Yeah. Like, she cannot, um, what's the word? Like, if, when you're trying to convince someone, convincing, <laughs> convincingly fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and make it seem like she is actually She doesn't the sell the fight. Yeah. That's the best way to she, put it, I think. And I think the... It's like there's the Bill Burr special when he talks about how like how women fight. Mm-hmm. If they haven't been trained, like they fling mm-hmm. their arms. And that's how I felt with her. Like, yeah. That's how she was fighting. It's like, did, did you not have any choreography? Like, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with Luke Cage. Just like, the way he fights is just like smack, smack. Which I understand because he's super strong. That's but it, it just is. has no pizzazz. Yeah, it's just like I am bored when you fight. Like it's I don't I was entertained the just, first time you did it just because it was like, oh ho. I don't need to see a bunch of guys get killed to be entertained. I yeah. like seeing cool fight scenes, like fight, fight scenes choreography in good style, which is why Daredevil still reigns supreme. Yeah, and it's not just the number of guys he smacks down, it's how he looks when he does it. Yeah. And so it's it also looks amazing. It's also why I've I've loved Winter Soldier. It's why I loved Civil War. Civil War is because when Captain America fights people, like it, you can see everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, and even that fight scene at the very end of Civil War, where he's fighting Iron Man. Yeah. That scene is so incredible. Like, I love that scene. Oh gosh, I need. You know, I've never seen that movie since that. Really? I haven't seen it a second. We'll time. definitely watch it. We'll watch but Winter I, Soldier and that movie. I thought that I've seen Winter Soldier a bazillion times. It's good because then we'll just watch it again. You love that movie. I love that. Movie. I think as much as I, as much as I love it, you definitely like it more. Like there are just days where I that just makes feel... it sound like I'm saying it's not as good of a movie as you think it is. <laughs> but... uh, there are days when I I'm just like, man, I'm not feeling it today, and I just pop on that movie. I'm like, I'm feeling it. I'm I'm down. Let's let's tackle life. <laughs> um, Civil War, yeah, the the ending fight scene between Stark and Cap is really, really emotive. Like, yeah, they're so into it, and it's like, what's gonna like is, like, is he gonna kill Tony? Yeah, and like, even the scene with uh, 
Oh, just all the fight scenes. Like, you have the, the stairway scene mm-hmm. with Winter Soldier and Captain America. You have the... Um, when Winter Soldier breaks out and he fights uh, Agent 13 and... Uh, he fights Agent 13, fights Tony Stark, and fights Black Panther mm-hmm. uh, in the, the atrium. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool scene. Just a lot of good... Well, good fight scenes. Both I mean, Captain the, the Amer- airport. I mean, both the Captain America sequels have the best fight scenes in the Marvel Universe. Yes. In my opinion. Hands down. Hands down. Although I do, I mean, I like the fighting in the Avengers movies too. There's a lot of cool stuff and you get to see Hawkeye shoot. Um, oh yeah. I think I, there's a lot of things. I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the fight scenes more in the first one. Yeah, I did too. Especially ooh, when ooh ooh ooh, there were oh, there was this, that one moment in, in the, the ending fight. In the ending yeah, fight, yeah, Man, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the big moment where they're all fighting, and there's some of the some of the 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 camera work is just yeah. beautiful. Where it's like they're all whizzing by in these different patterns, and so this is fighting together like totally as a unit. And so it's, this is an example. This is an example of how to do slow motion in a movie right. Age of Ultron is the best example because there was barely any slow motion that whole movie mm-hmm. except for when Quicksilver was running because that was just part of that whole thing. Uh, and so the one big slow motion scene is so impactful and it's them all fighting the robots in their own style, in their own way and it just, it's like, holy cow, this is an awesome moment, mm-hmm. um, which you don't get with any of like the DC movies that just throw slow motion in every single moment they get, mm-hmm. which is my worry about Wonder Woman. Yeah, the Wonder Woman trailer was in a lot of slow motion. It was. It's like, is every fight scene with her going to be slow motion? Is this just going to be 300 with Wonder Woman? <laughs> That's my worry. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm tired of the slow motion scene. I'm tired of slow motion, too. There are a couple times. Well, I'll get I'll get to it when we when we discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that nah, I don't want to get off topic because it's something we're going to discuss later, anyways. Okay. But um, yeah. Uh, overall, I'm fed up with slow motion. Yeah, so I will. I will say that. Uh, so then moving on to another. There was a lot of trailers this last week. Dark Tower. Uh, I'm going to let you talk because I know nothing about Dark Tower. Except for how it ends because you just decided to figure that out. I didn't decide. Someone told me. Oh, that happens. Yeah. I'm sorry. And it wasn't uh, watching those ex- explanations on YouTube because they had those. I never thing. watch explanations on YouTube. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's labeled as one. It's just, it's kind of like, uh, well, it's what to expect. Do you ever watch those? No. I kind of find those entertaining sometimes, but I usually don't finish them. Okay. I tease myself a little bit. Yeah. Are those the, like... It's like, oh, we can we can surely count on this, but we're not going to be able to count on this in, the, in, this, uh, thing, in this upcoming movie. No. Um, okay, actually, so the Dark Tower trailer was one of the trailers that I was going to say use slow motion in certain spots that I thought was actually pretty cool. Um, it shows uh, Walter O'Dim slash Man in Black... Uh, Stopping the glass, uh, 
shattering from the the ceiling above him. It it, sh- it shows that stopping in slow motion. It shows Roland uh, putting the cylinder uh, into his revolver, um, like throwing it up in the air and catching it with his gun. I thought that was pretty cool in slow motion. But they also they contrasted it with some cool things like him sliding on the ground uber fast that was super cool and then after after that they uh showed him loading his uh revolver with his with his uh bullets like single bullets like really super quick and i thought that they contrasted nicely um because they i'm pretty sure those were all shot in the same portion of the trailer back to back i'm pretty sure they had it edited that way um the dark tower so when i first heard about this movie I was skeptical, and I suppose on some level, I still am. To some degree, I still am skeptical. Um, for a new, for numerous reasons, at first I was kind of pissed off that they didn't get someone who looked like Roland. Um, meaning, the gunslinger. The gunslinger, yeah, pardon me. So the gunslinger's name is Roland DeShane. Um, he's kind of described as being a Clint Eastwood man with no name type of guy. He's... He's uh, tall and lean, and he has very angular features, and uh, he is white. Um, but the more I rewatched, yes, I rewatched the Dark Tower trailer probably about nine times. Uh, I think Idris Elba is a great choice for Roland based off of his intensity and his voice and his presence. Um, by presence, I don't mean like the way his features look. I mean. I mean his, you know, his stature, and the fact that he's, you know, he is a big muscular figure, which is what the gunslinger is supposed to be. Um, in the abstract, like sense, like the idea of, like just hiring a black actor to play Roland is silly, but Idris Elba is a good choice in my opinion because his acting and and his voice and his his style is going to translate well. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think it would work with just any black actor. Yeah. It works specifically because he is A, he's a really good actor, and B, uh, he fits it pretty well beyond beyond that too. He he has the voice and he has the charisma. Yeah. Um So when I found out that it was a sequel, I was happier. I was a little worried um, when I heard certain things, like they were leaving out two main characters, Eddie Dean and Susanna. Uh, gosh, I'm forgetting her last name. I can't remember her last name. But anyways, uh, I was like, "What? How can you? How can you?" Because because it, it was rumored they were going to pull from all of the books, mm-hmm. and they were going to leave out two characters who appeared first in the second book. And then I learned, okay, this is a sequel. Okay, well now I guess all bets are off because they're going to be throwing a lot of curveballs at us. They're going to be they're going to be changing a lot of things. Um, but overall, like, I love the way the tower looked in the in the trailer. Um, Matthew McConaughey as as a villain is cool to see, and especially cool to see as one of my favorite uh, villains. Well, I mean. Really, one of my least favorite characters in in any series ever because of what? How does he's 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 a piece of crap. He's just yeah. he's just the worst person ever. 
Um, if you can call him a person. But that's the beauty of that's, the character. That's the beauty of the man in black, is his whole existence is devoted to making Roland's life hell. Um, I'd like to get into backstory, but I actually think that uh, the way it looks like this movie is set up is it's leaving in a lot of the... Uh, it's leaving in certain things that happen in the very first Dark Tower book, The Gunslinger, while being a news story. And I think the way they're going to do it, in kind of this sort of non-linear storytelling style, I think people are actually going to understand. Um, I'm trying to finish the books by the time that it comes out, just so I know everything. Because I'm sure it's one of those things where it's like, if you, if you, have, have, if you have read all the books, you're probably going to see it differently. Uh, there's a lot of, also a lot of, uh, trademark properties that they cannot put in. Uh, like you were telling me that, you were telling me that scene. Which scene? Like with the Doctor Doom dogs. Oh yeah, and yeah. the Harry Potter stuff. Oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like that stuff they can't put in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess, well, I mean, I'm sure, you, I'm sure if they did enough legal work they could find a way to get rights to do certain things but I don't not probably not for everything yeah it's yeah, gonna be really expensive yeah <laughs> like really expensive that doesn't happen until the very end of the story though okay so most of the story like the, the whole first book probably even even the second third and fourth they could do I think but I see what you're saying yeah yeah, it's a so it, yeah, and, and it's the same problem with uh, in the fifth book they have uh, Ready Player One. What's up? Ready Player One. It was a book that came out um, like three, four years ago, okay. maybe longer. Uh, and the whole thing is like there's a lot of '80s references, like uh-huh. straight up '80s references. Yeah, King um, has those too. And so it's like, that's a lot of stuff they can't put into the movie. Or it's going to be expensive to get the rights to that. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in the fifth book, they face these uh, these uh, wolves, which are robots. And they wear an outfit that looks an awful lot like Doctor Doom's. And they fight with what appears to be lightsabers. And they throw these things called Sneeches, and on the side it says the serial number, and it says, like, Harry Potter issue, this or that, and um, there's, like... The Sneeches or the Snitches? In, in the Dark Tower, they're referred to as Sneeches. Okay. So, um, the whole time, I think what the purpose of it is to show the parallel between the, this world and our world, because um, the main character is, like... Or not main character, but two of the main characters, aside from Roland, are talking about it like, "Well, this this looks familiar, but I left I left Earth right before this movie came out, so I don't I don't know." Yeah, and and uh, it's interesting because it's just I think it's just in there as like a little homage, a little Easter egg. Uh, Stephen King is a big fan of Star Wars and Harry Potter, so I think he just wanted to have like a way to throw that in there. I know that his movies he'll be fine because he references his yeah. other books. In yeah, that he references like The Stand and Salem's Lot. And Do you think he'll be in it? The movie? Yeah. I think it'd be cool if in like a Stan Lee sort of way if he was in it. Yeah. 
if he was like just a guy like in a coffee shop or something. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. But um, yeah, I know, I know you were saying you you didn't think the trailer looked super duper exciting, but but that you are that you're uh, skeptically optimistic about it. Yeah, I think skip skeptically optimistic. Is that, is that what I said? Is that what you said? Cautiously. Cautiously optimistic. Optimistic. Yeah. Maybe skeptic is a bit too harsh. Yeah, because I'm not skeptical about it. I'm I'm just like I don't know anything about Dark Tower. Uh, the trailer didn't stand out to me when I saw it. Uh, I'll see it. Uh, it's kind of in the same boat as the Han Solo movie and Wonder Woman at this point for me. I'm a lot more excited for Dark Tower, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I mean you've read the books and stuff, but uh, seeing Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba, that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was just nothing in the trailer that made me excited. Um, but that's because I, I don't know anything about the universe. It'd be like someone who doesn't watch, read any comics, watching a, like an Ant-Man trailer. And they wouldn't you know, get it. Yeah, they'd be like, I don't care. Whereas I'm sitting here going, what? Yeah. But. Um, I think to be in awe of the Dark Tower and what it really is, you have to read. The, the books and, and then you're like, you're like would oh you be God. able to read the comics and be fine um they haven't gotten far enough uh but I would say if you're someone who's interested in learning about midworld the, the world that Roland is from yeah. if you read the gunslinger born which is the first trade does the then, comic follow the book the comic it's 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 canon okay um the whole thing is pretty much told in a non-linear uh, story style, which is why I wasn't surprised to find the movies a sequel. Like yeah. that and the, oh, so the books are non-linear? Well, their main journey goes in one direction, but there's like the a band. lot of hopping. What's that? Like the band. The main the j- journey. <laughs> or one direction. Then, is that what I said? Yeah. He's, well, it, it, yeah. Their journey is but, in one direction. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like, like the band. Yeah. Um. So, that's constantly moving forward, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of time hopping and uh, Roland telling stories about his youth, and and uh, in the first book, moments when he's in the desert reflecting on his past, and uh, so. There are trades, there's, there's four trades that basically tell the story of his youth. In okay. fact, two of them are basically everything you need to know, need to know about the fourth book. Okay. If you read um, the four trades, you basically understand everything that happens in the fourth book. Okay. In fact, had I had, I had it to do over, um, I might have just read through the third one, and then read the trades, and then gone to the fifth book. Um Interesting. Although the fourth book, that's just because I love comics. Yeah. The fourth book, content-wise, is actually some of my favorite. Okay. It's just if I had already, I had already read the comics at the time, so and there's like a retread on some stuff. Right, and the, but the comic books weren't available when the book came out. Yeah. Um, and then now they're going through. They've gone through all of the Gunslinger, and they've gone through all of Drawing of the Three, to my knowledge, which is the, which is the second. Okay. Look. Um. But I, one thing I wanted to say while we're on here, since this is a comic book podcast, I can't jones enough on how much I enjoyed the trades. 
Yeah, like I was I, going to, I was going to probably read into it. I have heard that there are people who have read the books that are kind of disappointed that it's not a Western style kind of movie. I'm a little disappointed that Roland's outfit has nothing to do with the Western look, which is, it certainly is that way in the comics. Yeah. Um, and the books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, um, they don't go into too much detail describing his outfit. They do talk a lot about how his gun looks, how Roland's face looks, which is why it is funny that it's Idris Elba playing him. Yeah. They like they they describe like in detail like how chiseled and sunken in and pale he is. And there's just things that just you know, it's just it's there. Yeah. But I mean I I can deal with it. It doesn't bother me too much that it's not uh a chiseled featured pointy nosed white guy playing Roland. Mm-hmm. But um no like yeah no the the no the no hat that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's gonna be wearing a hat in the movie. That's and weird. Roland always wears a hat. Yeah, because he's a cowboy. Well, he's not really a cowboy. He's a cowboy. He's a he is he's a gunslinger. He, he's a gunslinger, which is influenced by the cowboy look. Yeah. yeah. But first and foremost, Roland is a knight. Um, he is the thirtieth generation of gunslingers otherwise known as the knights of eld okay roland's ancestor arthur eld from the town uh, of gilead in midworld and that's like where he's from that's that's who he is um he is the youngest person ever to become a gunslinger okay at least in in his world and in his time um and he basically he and all the other gunslingers, they have to pick some weapon other than a gun to challenge their uh, gunslinger master, Court, in battle. And they, ha- they have to beat him to become a gunslinger. Okay. So the training is pretty rigorous. Yeah. Like, you have to, at, at from the age of, like, 10 to 13, it was when they become gunslingers. Kind of like when you're becoming, like, with, with the Jedi, they're very young. Yeah. Um, so gunslingers are, are and, and it, there's a parallel between gunslingers and Jedi. They they really are knights and they are trained from a very early age. Okay. And um, they have an oath and they have a set of beliefs mm-hmm. and philosophy. So there really is a lot of that in there. And uh, I would say this to anyone who's interested in knowing the backstory of the character. You'll be more invested in the movie if you read the first four trades. They're fantastic. And uh, if you're someone who doesn't want to read like all the books. Yeah. And you and you do not have an... I will say this right now. If you're someone who's like, oh, I want to read all the books before the movie comes out, but I want to see the movie in theaters. That's not happening. Yeah. They're too long. Because it comes out in August. It comes out in August on my birthday, August 4th, which is okay. pretty, pretty exciting. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Wouldn't you be really excited if... Oh, it's on your birthday. It's on, it comes out on Man my birthday. Man of Steel came out on my birthday. June 11th. And you like that movie. Yeah. Such a very favorite movie, but you liked it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> you enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I think for someone who's like, yeah, I like comic books. I'm kind of interested in this trailer. I think uh, comic books are a good way to get into it. And the comic books are highly stylized. Not just in a Western way, but... The, the magic and all the sorcery that you see uh, on the villains end uh, is very immersive and very unique. Like, 
it's so high fantasy it makes Harry Potter look a little more tame. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's it's crazy fantasy. Yeah. Um and it it, it kind of gives you more insight as to how evil Matthew McConaughey's character is. So yeah. It's good. Uh I'm excited for it. Uh I don't expect to like it more than I like the books or the comics. Yeah. But I'm more excited for this than I am for Wonder Woman or Han Solo. Uh, what about Thor Ragnarok? Dude, Thor Ragnarok looks really awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I see that trailer and I get just as excited as I did the previous yeah. time. And when they, when they come in with Led Zeppelin, I'm like, yay! <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Uh, what are you most excited for right now? Did we talk about that? What's that? On the podcast? What's that? The Thor Ragnarok trailer. Last podcast? I thought we did. I don't think we did because it came out before we started up again. Do you want to talk more about it? Let's do it. Okay. I, I thought we did. Uh, but Thor, there's no reason why we can't discuss yeah, it again. If you have not seen it, go see the trailer. It is wonderful. I'm so excited for that movie. Uh, first of all, one major change, which, which I was kind of hesitant about. About? Ah. About at first, uh, is they've made Hela. I'm pretty sure they've changed Hela's character. Which, you know me and character. Keep you don't like it to d- be changed. Yeah. But Does making is... Roland to Shane Black count? No. Because <laughs> they made Heimdall Black too. Both played by Idris Elba. <laughs> Both played as And there again, it's just because he's a great actor. Yeah. Uh, no, because... With Hela in the comics, it's really weird because she's Loki's daughter. She's the goddess of hell, um, like the cur- curator of hell, uh, which is like the Asgardian hell, but it's spelled with one L instead of two. Uh, and she controls all of it. Um, so I don't think they're going the daughter route in this because. She's also played by someone who is, like, 20 years older than Loki. <laughs> like, the huh. Tom Hiddleston. Um, it's Clay Blanchett. Oh. Yeah. Kate Blanchett's character is that character. Yes. I didn't know that. That's Hela. The one that breaks the hammer. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but in... Do we see her... We see her break the hammer in the trailer? Yeah. He throws it at her and she catches it. I remember catching it. And then it shatters and then he's like, what? I guess it... For, I, I remember all of that. I just don't remember it yeah. shattering. Yeah. I remember her grabbing it and being like, and being like whoa. Yeah, it, she like shatters it. She's the northern wind. She is the northern she's wind. She's actually the southern wind. Yeah. Because she's from hell. Oh. But she's hell, yeah. Uh, but in original Norse mythology, uh, Hela was one of... Uh, Odin's lady friends before he met Freya. One of one of Odin's lady friends. Yeah, gotcha. So it's like an ex girlfriend. So I'm I'm wondering if they're going to go that route, the actual Norse mythology route. Huh. Um. But the trailer looks awesome. They're definitely doing Planet Hulk mixed with Ragnarok. Like they look, it looks like they're destroying Asgard. Like they're, and it looks like Loki has something to do with it. Like he's helping her out probably helping her get there mm-hmm. um and then helping the capture of thor 
Uh, then they're going to def- they're doing they're definitely doing the Planet Hulk, where Hulk is a, a gladiator, um, and in the original Planet Hulk, it was actually uh, uh, better uh, better Ray Bill. Mm. What's his name? He he's like a horse Thor. Beta Ray, it's Beta Ray Bill, I think. Something like that. I don't know. First name. I'll have it on the XF podcast. But he fights him and Silver Surfer um, in the Gladiator Pits. And uh, so at least they're getting the Thor character right um, with the Hulk. And I think Doctor Strange does make an appearance in this. I just talked, by the way, I just talked to someone last night who told me they loved Planet Hulk. The comic book one? Yes. Or the animated movie? Uh, the comic book one. Yeah, it's really good. World War Hulk, not good. Uh, the follow-up. But Planet Hulk is really good. Really well done. Um, for those who have not read it, definitely go read it. It's pretty much... Earth is tired of Hulk just destroying cities. Um, so the Illuminati, who is uh, fan, uh, Mr. Fantastic, Professor Xavier, um, Captain America... Maybe not Captain America. Iron Man, definitely. Uh, And then... um, Namor. They pretty much put him on a shuttle and then send him into space. And they're like, we'll send him to a peaceful planet. Uh, But his ship gets knocked off course and ends up on this desolate, like, terrible planet where creatures are just as strong as he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then his... So, like, he gets captured, he puts in a gladiator ring, Mm. he... Fights through this gladiator ring and then essentially becomes the leader of this planet. Uh, and like gets married and everything, has kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his ship that he arrived on mm-hmm. uh, explodes into a nuclear blast. Mm-hmm. And she, his wife and kids die. And he's like, holy crap, the Earthlings did this. Like, they killed my family. Uh, and so he then like... Since that whole planet goes and attacks Earth. Like, they go to go attack Earth, and it's called World War Hulk. Wow. Yeah. Cool, interesting stuff. But, uh, Planet Hulk, just the whole him becoming a gladiator, they're taking elements and adding to that, um, instead of making it just a Planet Hulk movie. Which would have been cool, but that would have been CGI heavy. Yeah. And then, I don't know how many people would have been interested in just seeing a Hulk movie, seeing as a lot of people weren't too impressed with the Incredible Hulk movie, which, because I'm, like, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I like it. It wasn't one of my favorite Marvel movies, but I yeah. liked it. Uh, the yeah. only Marvel movie so far that I really, really haven't liked is Iron Man 2. Dark World. I didn't hate Dark World, I just didn't think it was great. Yeah. I that's, know, that's the, I know a few people who love it. Yeah, same here. But I know people who love Iron Man too. So I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I I just know people who Iron Man is their favorite, so they watch those. I you know, I love Robert Downey Jr. as an actor and I think he does a great job, but as much as I really enjoy Robert Downey Jr. as an actor and I really think he plays Tony Stark perfectly. I just don't understand 
how someone could find Iron Man more intriguing than the other Marvel characters. Well, I don't understand is why isn't why there's like I barely any Iron Man in these movies. Yeah, like it's just it's just Tony Stark. Yes, doing stuff, and then it's like, oh, he's Iron Man too sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) it's like yeah, like okay, we're gonna spend most of the second movie about him dealing with alcoholism. Yep. That's not what made it bad. I know, but like that was a huge chunk of the movie. Is him on house arrest. Yeah. Yeah. Then he does the little with the iron that Captain America. Mickey Rourke just did not impress me as a villain. Really? I actually liked him. I just thought he was underutilized. Maybe that's what it was. He's not a bad actor. No. Like, when he first attacks him on the racetrack... That part was cool. That was really cool. I was like, oh, we're going to have a pretty badass boss battle at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. And he's like, hey, point your hand at me. We'll point our hands at each other, and they'll just explode. Yeah. But... Yeah. That's my least favorite Iron or It is, it is my, my least favorite Iron Man, too. Yeah. Uh, it, so, it might be my least favorite... Marvel movie, mm-hmm. but Dark World is like close to it. Gotcha. Yeah. It's just funny because I love, I love Hemsworth as Thor. So yeah, much. and but the Thor movies themselves, whenever are oh, I mean, I to me they're just okay. I loved it when I first saw Thor. So the the first Thor movie, all he was in when they're on Jotunheim. Fighting the Frost Giants. Yeah. That was so cool and awesome. Uh-huh. And I was having a blast. And then we end up on Earth. With Kat Dennings. And Natalie Portman for too long. <laughs> too long. And, yeah. You just have... Like, the very first moments that he's on Earth are fine. Like, him interacting with the people on Earth. Yeah. Where he's all like... When he's in the, co- the, the coffee shop... He's like, this was delicious. I'll have another. And he throws and smashes the mug on the ground. I meant no disrespect. He's like, I meant no disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... It was delicious. Or when he's like, do you have any horses? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, we've got dogs. Any big enough to ride? He's <laughs> just like... Are they big enough to ride? Yeah. Just like this notion that he doesn't understand Earth. But in the second one... I liked Asgard, but we didn't deal with Asgardian things. We dealt with Natalie Portman. And then they were shifting back to Earth with Kat Dennings and her intern makeout boy. And I was just like, I, I just want to, I want a good sci-fi fantasy Thor movie. Which yeah. this new one looks like it is going to be. Oh, yeah, totally. So, I'm excited. On to the next topic, the main topic. Uh, no. Even oh, 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 oh. Inhumans poster and teaser. Mm-hmm. So, I have mixed feelings right now, because Inhumans is going to be a mini-series. I think it's six episodes. Freeform. Uh, it's being released in IMAX, actually, for the first episode. Uh, the poster that was released, that they just released looks atrocious like really bad like the costume design looks bad uh it just does not look good 
the teaser that they released, which is just the Inhumans logo. I think it just says Inhumans, and it has uh, the person playing Mad Maximus who played um, Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones. The perfect casting, and like it just has him talking about how they, like this king who is Black Bolt, uh, isn't fit enough to rule, and it's like the perfect casting. So the teaser made me excited. The poster does not. I'm hoping that Entertainment, which also had the really bad uh, Days of Future Past posters, like the oh. really bad ones, um, I'm hoping it's that same kind of thing where uh, where the actual product is going to be better than the posters. Mm-hmm. But, the marketing. Yeah. Uh, so now... Onto our main topic, mm-hmm. which is a movie we saw on Friday. We are going to spoiler territory Thursday. here. Yes, it was Thursday. Yeah, not that, uh, not that it matters. Uh, spoiler territory for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So definitely tune out if you have not seen it, or if you don't want it spoiled. If you don't care about being spoiled, definitely listen. We're going to be talking about it. Um, our thoughts on it. Uh, what our first impressions, and yeah. Anything else? So, um, first of all, your thoughts, Cody. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna start off with the things that I thought were good. Um, I thought, and I'm gonna go like by each little category here. Um, I thought that, and I will say agree, if I agree with you. Okay. I thought that um, the jokes individually were all funny. I Agreed. thought, like, it was all, all the jokes were well-delivered, well-done, um, and then I I loved the soundtrack, I thought that was great. Agreed. Um, I thought the CGI and costume design was even better. Agreed. Than the first one. Yes. Um, I think I like Star-Lord more in the second one. Disagree. But I I liked I, I felt more for him in the second one. Okay. Um, because of what he was going through. The okay. first one doesn't really give you that much of a reason to care about him. I don't think. Mm-hmm. What? Why do you think so? Oh, uh, I felt like the uh, emotion stuff was forced upon you more in this one, and it didn't feel as authentic in the first one, or it, as authentic as it did in the first one. I don't find that. But that's cool. We can disagree on that. Yeah. Um, I thought Star-Lord is also presented as more of a good guy in this one, which... I felt he was the weakest of the, of the team. You told me... I thought, you, I thought you told me Rocket. No, I felt like Rocket's voice was forced, but he wasn't the weakest. Oh. His moments with Groot and Yondu, to me, were more impactful. I... I really liked then, his discussions with... Uh, than any of the Star-Lord stuff. You didn't like his discussions with, with Kurt Russell? I... It uh, just... I, Kurt I, Russell as his dad. Yeah. I... I just never felt it. Like, I, I, like any time it was happening, I was like, I'd ra- I want to see the other stuff. Hmm. Like, I... Kurt, Kurt Russell being there was awesome, and I liked Kurt Russell... Um, I think it's also me knowing that that was just a weird way of doing ego 
It um, was a weird way, yeah. Uh, that threw me off. Also, the Star-Lord heritage in the comics is more interesting to me than it is in that than the way they did this where in the uh in the comics he's a galactic prince and he doesn't know um until later and his dad is the king of spartax um which is like a so they change things which is a warrior point yeah how do you feel about that it's what it's because i didn't know that yeah it's i haven't read i haven't read the comics it's one of the my big uh hang-ups about the movie um, that I totally understand. Yeah, I, I, did, so I did not know that. I didn't feel it at all. Um, I. Well, that's probably why too, is because you know his actual origin story. Yeah. Um, it just the the twist. I like immediately guessed. I started to guess before we saw the bones, and that's like before, it, was, it was before. So yeah, I I, I kind of knew that things were gonna take a turn. When he started to say, was it when he when he said how disappointing life was? No, I uh, that, that 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 was when he talked about his mother and when he said, "Why did you leave?" Uh, I knew then. Was that not around the same time when they were in the same? Isn't that the same scene? No, it's when he. It's even before he throws the energy ball. Oh. I knew like very early on oh. the twist of the movie. I started to see it coming. Um, it just was like how irreverent he was about life. How how he just didn't really give a crap. Do you know what twist I'm talking about? About him being evil? Not just evil, but he's the one that killed his mom. Oh, about him like putting the putting the tumor in her brain. Yeah. That I saw coming too, yeah. yeah. That he that he actually did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that I was like Yep. Uh when he's like, Why did you leave? I was like, Oh, he's he's the one that is caused it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so messed up. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh I think I think the part that I was like, eh, with the Star-Lord story was, when it started for me, was when Kurt Russell shows up and he's like, I'm your dad. And he's like, nope. And then, like, he walks off and Gamora's like, you should, like, follow this through. And he's, and he goes, and she's like, why haven't you gone back to Earth? And he's like, my mom died there. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw my mom die there. You wouldn't understand. I was just like, No. We're, that doesn't add up. She watched her entire family die and then was enslaved by Thanos to murder other human or other people mm-hmm. uh, or he would kill her as well. Mm-hmm. And so like... And then he made her... Which we see in this. He made her fight her adopted sister mm-hmm. who he then uh, tortured because she would lose... Uh, or he would do the same to Gamora. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that I don't feel for you because every other character in this movie has had it worse. Like, that's how I felt. Like, it went back to, oh, your mom died. Yeah, I guess, like... And, like, you have you have Drax, whose family was killed by Ronan. They didn't really focus on, on, <clears throat> on talking about 
competitive. They didn't. Well, they well, were they weren't trying to compare Drax to Star Lord. No, no, no. Because we got more of Drax's backstory. But I'm saying like every every other character's backstory, except for maybe Groot's, because we don't know his backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, was more traumatic, and like to me was, uh, yeah, just more traumatizing than your mom dying. Rockets is debatable. I mean, he's a creation. Yeah, but being experimented on and then thrown away is possibly more traumatic. He's not real, though. I mean, he is, but he's like he's mostly cybernetic. So it's not, I mean, like... But he's a sentient creature who experiences the pain. That's what they, that's what they went through with that whole thing. I guess. It, I don't know, like, it's, I don't... I don't feel for. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like Rocket more than Star Lord, but I, I don't know. I guess you've really isolated every little incident to the point where you, I, I wasn't paying close enough of attention to all those little nuances because I was mostly trying to just stay immersed in the movie, the spirit of the movie itself, not, not what I didn't like about things that don't matter that much. Like I don't that those those things to me like like. Yeah, they might have been through more, but that doesn't mean that what he's going through isn't still tough. No. Uh, My mind I, didn't go there. And it wasn't the tough. It was the It was the lines of, no one knows why I'm experiencing. Like, no one can possibly understand why I've experienced. Did he that, say that verbatim? Well, he, he said to Gamora, you don't understand. Like, there's no way of you understanding. And I was like... It was in the forest scene where she's like, why haven't you gone back there? Things like, I, I saw my mom die there. You wouldn't understand. And so, like, she would because her whole family is dead. And she saw it happened. And then she was enslaved and then was forced to live under the man who killed her family. Yeah, I guess, I mean, Gamora had it the worst out of, out of all of them, I think. Although Drax had it pretty bad, too. Yeah. Did Drax see his whole family? His... Yeah, Drax was forced to watch his family die. Yeah. Drax was forced to watch Ronin kill his family. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that part is kind of a weird line to throw in there because she would understand it. I don't know. It was it was that moment where I was like... I don't know why they gave him that line. But... Yeah, I was just... Then for the rest of the movie, I just saw him as whining. Hmm. And so I, I I had no empathy for what was happening. Uh, I don't know. To me, his his bits of the story were the weakest part, and that was the main story. Hmm. Like I enjoyed the Yondu and Rocket scenes. Uh, I no, the not the weakest. Nebula and Gamora stuff. That was the weakest. Uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, but the. Rocket and Yondu scenes, the or the Rocket, Groot, and Yondu, all three of them together. Mm-hmm. Those scenes were great. The, Those are my favorite. The Drax Mantis scenes are gold. Gold. Like, like if I could just those are so funny. <laughs> have those moments. Um, like I had, like when she touched. I mean, I've told you this many times, uh, but when Mantis touches Drax and then she immediately starts crying mm-hmm. because she feels the sadness when he's like reminiscing. Of his daughter. Mm-hmm. It's like, to me, that, like, I felt more in that moment than all of the Star-Lord. I still felt for Star-Lord, because that would suck. That would all suck. It would suck. I'm well, not saying, well, I'm not I trying felt to for Star. I felt for Star-Lord, because 
you know what happened to his mom in the first one, mm-hmm. but they don't. I mean, that's just that's just in the beginning, and you don't really know like you don't know who his dad is or any of those types of things. Now, I guess like when I was watching his his uh, interactions with Ego, mm-hmm. thinking back on that, and I was you know all the all the mixes his mom made for him, and how mm-hmm. he and his mom were clearly clearly close. Yeah. That was it, it. Was it was like the continuity of it all? Thinking yeah. thinking back on his mom dying and seeing that in the first one, and then when seeing, his mixtape was destroyed, I did feel there. Yeah. So wait, are you so are you saying in comparison to the first one, or you're you're saying you you literally didn't feel any empathy for him at all in the second one? Um, compared to the first one, because I actually thought that like when he opens the the. Volume two mixtape mm-hmm. in the in the first one at the very end, mm-hmm. like I was like, oh, the, like I felt for him, and like when he's dealing with himself and like the whole Gamora scenes, uh, and when he's talking to her about them. I mean, it wasn't like super heavy stuff, right. but like I was, I felt more connect, like I connected to him more in the first one. Than I did in this one. I guess it's more just like the i. It's the it's the. I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking on a more basic level than you are. I mm-hmm. think, it, for me, no. It's Andrew. It's the simple fact that he meets his dad and finds out what his dad is. Mm-hmm. That makes it. That makes it more messed up, on like, a very very you know humanistic level like i just met my dad this is so mm-hmm. fantastic and then you find out that he's just a big piece of crap mm-hmm. like he's just a terrible 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 person yeah not a person but the I premise mean, of it i feel for yeah the execution i don't i guess i that's where i'm going from i guess i didn't i don't i mean i vaguely remember him and gamora talking about the uh yeah would you go back to earth i remember that i don't i just i don't remember it was the first time i don't remember him saying you wouldn't understand in the forest Okay. Yeah. And when he's like, I don't even think he's my father. Like, that whole bit. Oh, but so let's let's talk about so overall. What do you what what do you give this movie as a ranking? Between a seven point five and an eight. Okay. Uh. At its height, it's definitely like an eight eight point five. Mm-hmm. You mean um, in its in its various high points? Yeah. Uh, very enjoyable. The movie is still enjoyable. If you, like, you should go see it. Uh, I, yeah, definitely, definitely go see it. Um, it's, it's visually spectacular. Like, I would, I would rewatch the first one before rewatching this one. That's where, that's where I put it. Oh, I would too. But I think the first one, the, the first one is my second favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, the first one is in my top five, and uh, there's just a lot. My biggest thing is, even though I enjoyed the moments with Rocket and Yondu, I enjoyed the moments with Drax and Mantis. There was just so many. I think it's the pacing, and. They just had so many, like, heartfelt moments just right after each other. And it started with the, um, it started with the Nebula and, um, 
they started with had the nebula and Gamora scene where she's like I just wanted a sister. And it's like, you were just trying to murder her. I thought that too. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I was going to say the Nebula and Gamora part I thought was the weakest part yeah. of the whole movie. And there was a scene where Gamora picks up a... And yeah, it's like, she you, you, she you, picks you, up the turret and she's shooting it. I'm like, that's the Gamora Like I've wanted this whole movie mm-hmm. where she's just badass and she's merciless and she's just crazy awesome. And it's like, we didn't get that the whole movie. And then you show it. Uh, and then you show it, and you're like, ah. And then right after, it's like this stupid, like... It was pretty stupid that she's she talks about, I just wanted a sister. Yeah. And it's like, you were trying to murder the living yeah. crap out of her. Like, you chased her down in a in a spaceship and were shooting turrets. and Yeah. I was just like, what? No. I didn't buy that either. Uh, I, thought, I thought that part of the movie was kind of weak. Um... Yeah, so then you have that, and then right after that, you have the Rocket Yondu moment, which I did feel for. Like, I was like, that was better than the Nebula I like that, Gamora yeah. scene, where Yondu is like, I am you. I am you, yeah. yeah like, I, th- I thought that was great. I dealt with the same stuff that you did, and I was like, this is... And it's like, it shows... It showed the character progression of Rocket, of like, he was being an a-hole through the whole movie. And it was because of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then you have the Mantis and Drax scene mm-hmm. where she touches his shoulder. But it was just like moment after moment after moment. And then like... There after, were too many moments like that. After the Yondu and Rocket scene, you have the scene where he's like, I, I was the one that killed your mom. And you're like, okay, well, that's another heavy moment you're just mm-hmm. going to throw in there. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you have the whole Yondu... With, yeah, and it's just like, then you have Rocket saying, when he closes the door, and Gamora's like, "I'm going to go after him." He's like, "No, you're not. I'm not going to lose another friend today. Right? I'm not going to lose more than one friend today." So Which, I've come, I've come I saw, to a conclusion, and you know how we were talking about the, the night we saw it. We said the humor interrupted the heaviness. I actually, in retrospect, I have to say, I think it was adding too many of those heavy, full house moments you know what i mean where, where, where it's like the heart-to-heart moments yeah I interrupting mean, the fun that's, spirited that's what i was that's yeah. actually what i was talking about when we were talking about it yeah. is with civil war and winter soldier you have a heavy plot line with comedy sprinkled in um every mo- like just little moments like in civil war when they're in the car mm-hmm. he's like can you move your seat up and he's like nope and he yeah. just like scoots over and yeah, it's yeah. like and then they're looking at him when he kisses her, and then they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, just those moments. Like, it's just comedy sprinkled in in a very heavy movie. Uh, whereas this was a comedy with heavy moments sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. And the heavy moments sprinkled in... Kind of ruined it, parts of it. It bashes against the comedic moments, which are gold. I love the comedy in this movie. There was never a moment where I was like, oh, that was a little forced. Like, I enjoyed... Like, every moment, the whole group trying to find the random stuff mm-hmm. is hilarious. I was laughing. Yeah. Like, just, like, laughing for so long. Yeah, that was good. Um, and then when they're, like you said, when he's trying to explain the hat, and he's like, wait, that's why you don't like hats? Yeah. And it's just like this whole moment, Yondu freaking, like, killing everyone with the whistle, yeah. the whistle arrow. That was amazing. Um, yeah, all of Drax's jokes. I thought just... Chris uh, Pratt was funny at the end during the funeral. Oh, yeah. When, when he when he was like, 
He's like, hooked up with a lot of hot women, had a lot of fun adventures. <laughs> I guess my dad was David Hasselhoff when you look at it. Yeah. That was pretty that was pretty cute. And I I liked those moments with uh Star Lord. Like his comedic moments and that that might be the thing. I might not like Chris Pratt's uh serious side. Yeah. Like it probably doesn't resonate with me more than his comedic side does. Oh, that might be it. I like his comedic side more too. Yeah, that might be the performance in that where uh but let's be honest though, the funniest person in the whole show is Gamora. Oh so funny. Show movie. So funny. Yeah, she's hilarious. Yeah. Which no, she doesn't need to be. <laughs> like out of everyone on that team, Gamora is the straight face. Mm-hmm. Well um, Drax is, but like he but but he's not. His lines were the best. Like he's like You're hideous. And yeah, she's he, like, what? And he's like, No, it's a good thing. It's like Beautiful people can't trust people. Yeah. Because everyone's honest with hideous people because they're not trying to butter up to them. <laughs> and then she's and then she's happy. Cause she's happy to be she's, ugly. Yeah, she's like, oh, sweet. I can trust people. But then the, when she comes up, up to him on his bed and yeah. he's like, just the thought of being with, with you. you. And then he's like, <laughs> He's like trying to throw up. So sad. And then she's like, no, I don't even think of you in that way. He's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, the end. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. On the inside. On the inside. <laughs> uh, and and when she's, like, trying to do it, she's like, I don't think I can do it. He's like, don't worry. You don't have to believe in yourself. I believe in you. And then, then she does it. He's like, I, I, didn't think bl- she, I, I didn't think she had it in her. Yeah, I didn't think she had it in her. Uh, and, or when... I give the movie like, about a 7.6. 7.6? Yeah, just slightly over 7.5. Yeah. Like and like I said, it's just those. I feel like there's two story elements, or not elements, but just two tones that are trying to. They're clashing with each other. I felt um, that I felt that there were times when it got heavier than it needed to get for the style of movie it was. Yeah, and the everything else is really well done, and I think that's why I want to give it an eight. But there are just moments where I feel like it's a 7.5. And it has to do with pacing. Like, it just... There's a there's a huge chunk of the movie where I feel like nothing is happening. Mm. Um, and that's probably when they're on Ego. And it's the Ego scenes before everything goes down. And while the rocket and Yondu stuff is happening. Mm. That's where I just kind of feel like there's a lull. And nothing's really happening. But that's because they're dealing with this other thing with Rocket and Yondu. But, uh, however, awesome cameos. This movie had amazing cameos. The Stanley cameo. Uh, Stanley, Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Rosenbaum, I think is his name. He was the voice of the Crystal Dude. Uh, so that that team mm-hmm. that they show, the Ravengers, that's the original Guardians of the Galaxy team. Oh, cool. Like, from the comics. The very first Guardians team. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> which is really cool. Uh, and then, in the credits, uh, first of all, you have Stanley, who I fe- I think they confirmed is a watcher. Oh. Is a watcher now. Um, which, that is him talking to the watchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is just a cool thing. That was really cool. Yeah. I was happy that they had the watchers in there. <clears throat> yeah, and... Because I've seen them in so many comic books that yeah, I've read. They're a stuff. huge part of the comics, so... Uh, the Watchers, you have the Sovereign, who were okay. I enjoyed the comedicness with how 
uptight they are and yet how silly they look. Mm-hmm. Like when she's walking on that stupid blue carpet. Oh yeah. Um, it's so, like you guys are so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that was the point of them. Uh, that and their little pods. Yeah. Their little video game pods. Yeah. And then arcade style uh, fighters, which the 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 Empress chick. Mm-hmm. She was the bad the bad woman in Man from Uncle, the blonde. Oh, that's why I recognized her. I was like, I "Where do too. I see her? What did I?" And that's she almost reminded me of Emily Blunt with the gold makeup on. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, so we got a, but what? Oh, I was gonna say, should we carry on to the next topic? I had stuff to talk about still. You do? Yeah, I was in the middle of talking. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's a longer podcast today, Cody. It's a oh. longer podcast. We owe them. I we owe eaten, them. I haven't eaten in hours. <laughs> Neither that's, have that's, that's I. All, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Neither have I. Uh, I'll, I'll get this going. Okay. Uh, they had uh, so the ending, the the, the big, ending that is necessary. The end credit scene is the sovereign, where they're all like, "How are we going to get them? How are we going to pay them back?" Uh. The sovereign chick, she looks up and she sees a pod. Um, this pod is Adam Warlock's cocoon. Um, it's a uh, it's a new version of the cocoon. Um, and Adam Warlock is a huge Infinity character who deals with... Um, he's So, this might happen in the movie, so it might be spoiler, but... Uh, Adam Warlock is the one who stops the Infinity War in the comics. Uh, and he's the one that obtains the Infinity Gauntlet after Thanos. He's the one that defeats Thanos. Uh, so, this might be a tie-in to Guardians 3, which will be happening. Um, or, this is going to be a tie-in to the Infinity uh, War movies, Part 1 and 2. Um, that are coming out in 2018 and 2019. So, uh, that, is the, that is the big cameo. Uh, in credit scene, mm. the others are fun. The, the other ones were just kind of meant for entertainment, like yeah. light, very light entertainment. Yeah, like the Teen Groot moment that Hell was yeah. funny. Uh, dude, Star Lord's nineteen eighties sitcom references were just so great because they had, and this is what I loved about the movie is like he would make those references and people were just like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like when he oh, keeps talking yeah. about Cheers, he and keeps she's talking like, about Cheers, and, and then Gamora's like. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, and who? What? What other show did he reference? Oh, I mean, of course, Knight Rider. Yeah, Knight Rider. The David Hasselhoff. Uh, yeah, the Hoff with his flying ship. No, it was a car, talking car. <laughs> then no, at one point she says it was a boat. Yes, flying boat. Yeah, he's like, it's a talking car. Yeah, he's like, but Knight Rider. Doesn't he go into like how? Its name was Kit. Like it wasn't yeah. Knight Rider, and yeah. You know, Night Rider is David Hasselhoff. Yeah. Kit's the name of the car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. So, Guardians. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, would love to hear your guys' thoughts as well. Um, I'm more critical of movies. This is known, well known. Don't take my word as gold. Uh, this is just my thoughts and how I enjoy movies. Um, but the movie really has to blow me away um, from a thematic point of view uh just from character development point of view 
um, to really get a high ranking from me. Um, you give it a 7.5? I'll give it a 7.7. 7. That's a little higher than I mean, that's about what I'm giving it. Yeah. yeah. I, I will, uh, if I had to put a, a, an exact number on it, but like I said, there's moments where it's an 8. It's definitely like an 8, um, maybe an 8.5, but there are the low moments, the low moments are a 7.5, right. so it kind of brings that number down. I would, I would say some of the weaker <clears throat> aspects, like the Gamora and Nebula, mm-hmm. to me, that's almost like a 6. Yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't cringeworthy, but it wasn't very good. To me, it just, compared to the rest of the movie, it was it was weak. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the actress for Nebula just goes over the top. I don't... Yeah, what, what do you like, think of her? It's just too much. Like, she just overacts, and it's... Oh, I mean, all the, the weird, like... The, the, the things that she... Like, her movements and the way she speaks? Her or? movement... It's the way she speaks. Like, it's a little bit... Yeah. Like, she's just angry. And she's like... Her... The whole acting... What did she like, say when she when she shot Rocket? She said something at... Well, at you remember that scene in the forest after, after she shoots Rocket? She said something, and I remember, I remember finding it really annoying. What, what Whatever it was she said. I don't know. But just the way she said it, just was like, okay... Yeah. Evil chick. Yeah. And then when she's all like, and I will hunt down Thanos. I'm like, you are going to die. Like, she's going to die in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I I can see it. Mm-hmm. That's going to be one of the first things we see is Thanos. Him killing her is possibly going to be the, like, holy crap, Thanos is uh, ruthless. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to, I, I'm calling it now, that's going to be the holy crap moment. Uh, when she's, it's going to have her trying to take him out, and he's just going to kill her. Um, I may be wrong, but that whole vengeance storyline is like, you know who you're trying to fight, and that's not going to work. Um, so, moving on to our next topic. Movie scores. Uh, and not by, like, ratings, but, uh, soundtracks. Mm -hmm. And... Just talking about our favorite ones, uh, who our favorite composers are, maybe movies that have compelling soundtracks, but you can't really put like a definite tone to it, like you can't hum it or anything like that, but when you ever you see the movie, it's definitely in your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some movies get away with certain things. I think Guardians gets away with the classic rock. Yeah, Guardians... Playlist, because it is a playlist that is Star connected Wars has. To it. Yeah, it's connected to a character. Suicide Squad tried doing that, and <gasps> it failed. <sighs> and Suicide Squad actually had songs in it that I liked more, yeah. but the placement wasn't as good. Yeah, and good. the connection to the characters. Yes. Like, I'm when it, when they were playing uh, Sympathy for the Devil mm-hmm. for... What's his name? What's that, what's that guy, the character's name they played that song for? It was the, the uh, Flames... I'm forgetting his name. El Diablo? Yeah. I'm like, El Diablo's a cholo. Yeah. He's not going to listen to Rolling Stones. Yeah. Like, that's just... I don't know. It's a loose connection because the song has devil in the title. Yeah. And... I'm sorry, but I just think that's just incredibly, (laughs) incredibly forced. Yeah. Whereas, like, Hooked on a Feeling and 
all the Sam Cooke and, and well, it fits the tone of the movie. songs. Yeah, it's like yeah. Star Lord talks about these songs and yeah. and 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 all those things. So it's like it really is more than just the soundtrack. It's it's the playlist for Star Lord's life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because he did two superhero scores that are so iconic, I'm gonna say that I think Danny Elfman uh, really hit hit it out of the park twice. Uh, for uh, for string scores for superhero movies, for Batman and Spider Man, yeah, Batman and Spider Man, Spider Man. Few people can do it twice. The first Spider Man movie is possibly my favorite superhero soundtrack. It's really good. Um, followed by Superman's theme. Superman's theme is really good too. Yeah. Uh, and my third, Winter Soldier. Really? <laughs> I really like the soundtrack to Winter Soldier. It's pretty good. Um, it's the one movie that, like, when I talked about movies that you can't hum soundtracks to, it's, I feel like when it's string, like when it's string, uh, scores, mm-hmm. like, uh, with an orchestra, mm-hmm. a string orchestra, it's harder to hum. Uh, it can be if it's if it's layers upon layers. Yeah. Uh, with Superman, you can hum the main line, the dum ba dum ba da da dum. But that part, oh, yeah. I mean, that part might actually be horns. Yeah, because I think I'm. But there's I'm, a lot of hummable parts yeah. in Superman that aren't horns, like the, like the um. Uh, what's the theme that follows it? There's a, there's a lot of those like really melodic little fl- flourishy lines that are pretty uh, memorable. It's I guess they're they're harder to to hum with your voice, yeah. but you can hear them in your head. Yeah, well I can hear the yeah I can hear the Winter Soldier, the Spider Man. I can hear all those in my head, mm-hmm. but for me to hum, that's the the Danny Elfman Batman theme. I think is pretty easy to hum. Bum ba da da ba 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 da. Um. And I love the adaptation. It's not a movie, but I love the adaptation. The TV show for the animated series. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, and they kind of they they take the tagline. Yep, yeah. They take that little part and put it in there. Um, so I think I I gotta give it to uh. I think I gotta give it to Danny Elfman for for getting it right twice because you're usually lucky if you get it right once. For one character, mm-hmm. um, what do you think of Hans Zimmer? I know a lot of people like uh, Hans Zimmer's score for Man of Steel is actually in my top five. Yeah, uh, the scene where he's flying mm-hmm. is incredible, mm-hmm. uh, and I love that song song soundtrack. But that's also another one I can't hum, mm-hmm. but like I can remember it. Um, my last one is actually Wonder Woman's theme for BVS. Oh yeah, the, the like hardcore metal like guitar yeah. theme. It's all like yes. It's kind of a uh, um yeah. The, you hear that guitar tone in there. Yeah, but uh, definitely cool. A cool touch for Wonder Woman. And for honorable mission mention, I would say uh, the Avengers theme. I like the Avengers theme. Yeah. Um. It's very regal. That da, 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 da. Yeah. It's very. It's very uh, da, da, dun, enchanted. Da, da, dun. Yeah. 
it has this very very like uh it has the sound like the veil has been mm-hmm. lifted. Yeah. Do 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 which is like finally the Avengers are here. Yeah. But no, so what are some other good ones that I enjoy? I mean, the Superman theme is classic. Oh, I remember what I'm going to say about Han. Uh, I'm sorry, my, my mind is everywhere. Han Zimmer. So, because in my head, whenever I hear the name Han Zimmer, I'm always thinking of his Batman score and comparing it to Danny Elfman's and how. Oh my gosh! How it's not as good. What's up? I love his Batman Begins soundtrack. The, well, I liked his music for all of it. I just didn't find... None of it's memorable as much. None of it's as epic as yeah. Danny Elfman's. Um, but what I was saying is, um, as music, like, just if I'm just going to listen to music, it's very, very good music. Yeah, well... If, and if, it fits with the movie Yeah, that's. Very well. I think that's the biggest thing, is Danny Elfman's is definitely the... It fits that, that Batman. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's the campy, fun... Like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It's, like, quirky... And that those Batman's were definitely well. It's also just that style. It's more bombastic. It's yeah. more like in your face. It's Whereas the Hans Zimmer Batman trilogy music is very like gritty and intense. Not bombastic, it, yeah, but like yeah, it's like on the edge of your seat, kind of. I find I think my favorite moment, just because of the way it's used, is the Joker. The that one. Uh, violin tremolo pick note that keeps when he's in the apartment yeah and it keeps going up it's so intense yeah yeah uh, and I like then, that uh, and it's in a couple it's in a it's actually in a couple of the Joker scenes I actually used I did a I made a video for YouTube uh oh yeah and it was called a journey to the to journey to the center of the car Mm-hmm. Which was me pretty much just trying to get to the car, my car, uh, and it's like me jogging and like mm-hmm. running. But it's the Hans Zimmer Batman Begins theme, because <laughs> it's like dun 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 dun, and it's just like very like intense, like epic, mm-hmm. like something's something's happening kind yeah. of music, and that's I really enjoyed that soundtrack. I actually would just listen to that soundtrack on repeat when I uh, when I was in middle school and high school. It's good. Yeah. Hans Zimmer did a good job. Um, and I, he plays music festivals, actually. Yeah? He played, I think he played Coachella. Really? And uh, a guitar player that my friend and I like a lot named Guthrie Govan actually played some of the arrangements with him. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I haven't heard it, but it, it, it and kind his, of found his, it intriguing. His uh, score for Interstellar is incredible. And the... So, with Interstellar, the crazy thing is uh, Christopher Nolan gave him an outline for the movie, and he created the entire score off that outline. That's pretty cool. He didn't even give him a script. It was just like an outline. Wow. Yeah. And it's super intense. And that, I can, it's like, dun, 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 It's really intense. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, so those are our favorites. Definitely let us know what your guys' favorites are. Um, just the different styles. Maybe it's nostalgia. For Definitely for me, the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, it's just, that's just fun. 
I just really enjoy the Winter Soldier one, especially the end credit song, which is like the theme throughout it. Uh, <clears throat> I've been trying to find those title cards for the end credits for Winter Soldier because they're so good, but I can't find them anywhere mm. for like wallpapers for my computers. So moving on, uh, favorite recent reads, uh, Nightwing number 20 is definitely one of mine. Um, it just came out this last week and it deals with the end of a story arc mm-hmm. with Nightwing, uh, where he is actually with Damien and he has this whole speech about how he, when Bruce came back, mm-hmm. where he actually thought about, um, telling Bruce no and then taking Damien and still being his partner. Hmm. Like, he, he, he's like, he thought Bruce was not capable of being a father. Hmm. And so he's like, Damien has learned more under me than he will under you. Uh, and so there was a moment where he thought about taking Damien and, and doing that. Hmm. Uh, and he told Damien this, and, like, Damien's like, are you serious? And just go, and it's just like this whole little, like, bonding moment between the two of them uh he's like think of what we could have done um it's just how damien and dick have this amazing relationship that bruce and damien don't have at all and how dick grayson will always be damien's best friend and they he even brings like their batmobile that they had when they were batman and robin Mm -hmm. like he brings it he's like we're going to fight crime together like Aww. Damien does, he stole it from the Batcave, <laughs> uh, and like at the end, Damien's like, "Yeah, I have to wait for the Teen Titans to come pick me up because Father confiscated our Batmobile." Oh. <laughs> like, like Bruce took it back. It's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was just fun to see that again. Um, I like that Dick and Damien stuff. Yeah, and I, it would it would be so cool. If one of the new rebirth titles is Nightwing and Robin, oh, and there's another cool moment cool. where uh, uh, Dick's having this really cool conversation, <coughs> where he's like, "Why, why do you care about me?" Like, what Damien's asking him this, like, "What, what's up?" And Dick Grayson, he's like, "I knew you are his son. You are his blood son. Mm-hmm. You were going to become Batman." He's like, but Robin is my mantle to pass on, and I get to choose who has it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like this cool moment mm-hmm. of like, like you don't become Robin unless Dick Grayson says you can't be. You have to be like, Dick approved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's cool. And so it was just that cool moment where he approved. Have you ever thought? Do you think? Do you think Damien would ever become his own superhero? Ever? Uh, I feel like he's a strong enough personality to become his own superhero. Yeah, um, so they've, they've done, uh, they actually did a comic trade where Damien became Batman. Yeah, I know. Did I, you read that? I, I'm familiar with it. I haven't yeah. read it. It's actually really good. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, it's no, a, I'm just, I'm just curious if you thought he, well, if you thought they'd ever make a new superhero out of Damien. Uh, I think they could. Uh... Will they? I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, if they, it wouldn't be safe. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be safe. Like if yeah. they did the Red Robin, the Red Hood, or the Nightwing kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, 
if they did, DC could do it. Out of everyone, DC has been the best with their legacy characters of creating a new character for the legacy mm. characters. Yes. Uh, except for, except for, I felt with Batgirl, they they went backwards. Um, bringing her back as Batgirl instead of keeping her or keeping her as Oracle. Yeah, evolving. I, I, I would agree with Oracle, that. Um, to me, was a step backwards. I agree. Um, which I find it funny because people are like. Yeah, well, you have Nightwing. Robin turned into Nightwing. Why is she still Batgirl? I was mm. like, well, she wasn't. She was Oracle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. she was entirely different per- like character, and she to me she was more interesting when she was Oracle yeah. than when she's Batgirl. So I agree. Yeah, but so Nightwing number twenty, really good. Uh, it's still part of the Rebirth titles. It's still going strong. I love his blue suit. Um, Love his classic Nightwing suit. Uh, but yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so I read uh, issue two of Amory Wars Good Apollo 1. And um, so more or less the story is kind of along the same lines where it's like these characters. Um, it's kind of, you know, the, the main storyline and then it jumps back to the writer writing them and his influence for it. Um, his inspiration. The thing that's kind of cool unfolding in the main storyline is uh, the main protagonist getting in to this big argument with his uncle, mm-hmm. who is a robot, mm-hmm. and uh, also treats his children as such. And they are, but they also have real emotions. Whereas he is his it, the way he was made, he has fewer. Okay, and um, uh. The Crowing, who is the name of the main character, uh, he ends up calling uh, Jesse, uh, a.k.a. Inferno, who is the leader of this uh, rebellion against uh, Ryan's Red Army, the dictator's Mm -hmm. Red Army. Um, Basically, he calls him out on what crap it is that he's like, like, yeah, you'll send any, any number of people into battle so long as it gets you out on top, you don't pay any attention to how haphazardly or how haphazard your your ideas and plans come together. And then and then he's like, um, "That's why you're responsible for the death of Mariah, who was uh, Jesse's wife." Mm-hmm. And and he's, he's like, "You you uh, you weren't afraid to throw her into a situation where she got her ass slaughtered and this and that." And like they get into a fist fight, but the crowing has powers that Jesse doesn't have. Jesse's very strong, but Jesse doesn't have all these other powers, whereas, like, uh, at one point, uh, Jesse, he hurls himself at the crowing, and the crowing makes himself, he he, he dematerializes, and he Mm -hmm. flies right through him into a wall, and just makes a fool of him. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, it's like, it's like, things are getting more emotional. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, at one point, uh, Chase, who is one of the robots, she's, designed to look like a little girl but she's very very wise mm-hmm. and, and and she's like she's like she's like don't underestimate her don't do i can't remember what it was but but it's just funny seeing this little child mm-hmm. with the wisdom of solomon basically yeah. and she's uh mentoring a man yeah and it's just funny because she's just super wise yeah and but but that's really cool yeah but no so it's honestly the story's getting deeper now and we're getting to the bottom of things so i'm liking it a lot it's not just battle scenes, which is mostly what the first two books are. The first the first two trades. Yeah. 
Okay. But yeah, so I'm liking it. <clears throat> Sweet. Yep. I'll check it out someday. Yeah, some... Uh, and then another segment that we introduced a while back that uh, I kind of brought back with this is uh, Never Have I Ever. Um, and Never Have I Ever watched, uh, read the series called The Fix, which is by Nick Spencer. Uh, it, it's really funny. It's a... It's Sounds like, like it would be about drug usage. <laughs> it's not about drug usage, oh. but it is, uh, it's dark comedy. Like, it's dark humor. Mm. Um, it's, uh, a crooked cop. It's about crooked cops and crooked politicians. And the main, he- like, the person you're rooting for is a beagle. Like, it's a dog. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. And he's, like, a police dog that can, like, sense when people have bad intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... It's a, it's really well done, um, has scumbags in it, but it's funny, like, mm-hmm. just the things they say and who the people are, mm-hmm. really funny, uh, surprising ter- twists and turns, uh, definitely recommend it if you're into that kind of, like... That's kinda, that kind of sounds cool. Yeah, seeing, like, just the, if Crooked Cops were a comic book, mm-hmm. like, not just the Crooked Cops in comic books, but, like how far up the chain it goes mm. and how no one really cares. Right. So, yeah. It's kind of cool. Really well done. Uh, and then another just a little shout out to the comic book that I'm helping create, which is Blessings of Liberty. Um, comic book you did create. I did create, but uh, the others are I actually create, I creating know. it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are now finally into the action scenes. It's good uh, stuff. I've been following your pages. Yeah. Um, we're on page four, I think. Um, go check it out. It's Blessings I don't think of I've Liberty. I've seen page four. I've seen page. I've seen okay. first three. So we know. have social media outlets, um, but our main we have our Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash Blessings of Liberty, uh, and then Blessings of Liberty. Maybe it's Blessing of Liberty. Um, dot com. Dot Weebly, I believe. Um, yeah, uh, really cool stuff. I'm excited for the future, um, and it's just fun to work on it. A fun project to work on. So yeah, excited definitely. For you. It would be awesome if you guys checked that out. Uh, but yeah, that's episode forty. Uh, we had a good time. Thank you guys for listening. Yep. It was a good episode, episode forty. Yep, we'll get you next time. <laughs>